This episode of the Crown Refs Podcast is sponsored by RefereeStore.com. At RefereeStore.com, we know that being a referee is not just a job, it's a lifestyle. And that's why we make it easy for you to find the right referee shirts, pants, and accessories for your games. Looking to stand out? We carry referee-designed products you cannot find anywhere else. We carry gear for football, soccer, hockey, baseball, and basketball referees designed to meet all required standards. This month, RefereeStore.com is offering a 15% discount for all listeners of the Crown Refs Podcast. Just enter coupon code CROWN15 at checkout, then click apply to get your 15% off your next order. So if you're buying gear for this season, I don't know what your situation is, but definitely take advantage of that Crown Refs discount. RefereeStore.com and Crown Refs, serving the game. Hi, this is Ian Hess from Cageville, Utah. Thanks for watching Game Notes on Crown Ref TV. Serve the game. Okay. So, one of the problems with Utah is we don't have a very big density of college schools. I think in the entire state, we have maybe a dozen universities all the way from division one to like JUCO. So there's not very many in Utah. So the school density, it's not like California, you go to California and there's 50 division one schools in 50 miles. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's not a whole lot of opportunity here. So that's one downside for being in Utah, even though it is beautiful, but. <laughs> yeah, you probably have some, some real commutes to some schools, right? Yep, there's some travel. So like the next, there's, uh, I mean, division three, Right, two Robinson, two. Keep going. Okay, Division Two. There's only like what two schools here, and then the rest are in like Colorado and Wyoming, and yeah. So there's just you got to move around. All right, so I'm just trying to find your uh, player control foul. You had an early player control foul that really caught my attention because I just thought it was one of the the strongest punch signals I had seen in a while. So I kind of jumped up like, all right, this guy's good. He can work. So um, let's take a look at it here. Walker with it on the left wing. Wants to drive left. We're going to get an offensive foul. I just love um, your patience there. Okay, that's one thing we need to talk about. Where you're yeah. well, But um, as far as the punch signal, loved your patience. You stopped the clock. You processed it. And then that that off arm really kind of led into your punch, and I thought it looked really fluid, um, perfectly done. I, I think. What I didn't like here was how you told um, the person checking in to duck. I just don't think it, it's a great look to kind of. It looks a little forceful and not maybe bullyish. Bullyish is a little strong word, but it's like you're direct. Get out of the way. It's like watch out. You know. I definitely agree with you there. I, I don't like the look of it, look of it watching me either. But what? How do you like? They, you got to get them in, but I can't bring them in until they get out of the way. So how do you? You just wait, or uh, yeah, you, this you is yell at them, or this is a matter of just being a little bit more patient. I mean, I, I, when you called the foul, and then you, you kind of ran to the table. It was a, it was like three seconds. So like I think you could have waited an extra one to two seconds okay. for the player to kind of move or you know you just needed to get a better angle in order to have a clear view at the table you could have adjusted even more you know but i just we want to come off it's it's all about perception right we want to come off as like service professionals and and just give off those positive vibes right and this is something i've seen a couple times over my career it's not it doesn't happen a lot but where a referee goes to report and it's kind of forceful about players getting out of the way or even one time i saw him i saw a referee kind of get his partner out of the way so I, that that kind of stuck with me like mm, yeah not the greatest look there again this is a small thing but um i i, I don't think there's a need for it just a little more patience there okay. sounds good um, one of the major things that, that stood out um, as far as like, I think two things that you could just take away from this is number one, like stop pointing at the players when you call a foul. There's a, there's a, twi there's a switch or a twitch 
in your brain that I, that I see that you call a foul and you're immediately pointing at the player, yep. which is something that's kind of common, at least at one, at, for some of us at one point in their career. Like, I used to do that. I used to do that a lot. It yeah. was just a natural – it was a part of my muscle memory. Foul, oh, it's on you. But that looks like an irritant. Anytime we're pointing at somebody in life or on the court, usually it's not for, like, a good reason. So, again, it's about that perception. That good theme. So, you have the theme of, like, the using the stay here signal, mm-hmm. um, that mechanic, and then just pointing the direction. So, I've noticed on video, I've my body's, like, twisting and stuff. So, I'm always just, like, pointing everywhere. And I didn't really realize that's what the problem was until you pointed out, like, just stop pointing at players and point in the direction you're supposed to. And then, you know, that strength, that'll look – It'll look better. So I'm glad you pointed that out. That's really what it is. So now I think this is a pain tolerance play, uh, pain tolerance play where I think uh, on rebounding action, you know, if we have, if it's a cleanup foul, then that's something we have to take, right? Too much contact. That's a foul. Yeah. Um, if, if the defender from behind pushes the rebounder and he falls off balance or loses the ball, causes a turnover, then we got to come with the whistle. But in this case, I think a, um, a violation presented itself as an option, right? So we have a, a shot here. So, yeah, here's my thing, Paul. I've always struggled with <clears throat> if you don't call the contact and you have a weird out of bounds, I know that the a lot of people in the past have been just giving it to the team who should probably get the ball. We didn't call a foul on white. Um, so it's Black's ball, even though Black touched it last. Mm-hmm. You know, and those kind of days of video are over. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm still working through trying to make um, make that adjustment because uh, the video shows, like, if you get an out-of-bounds call wrong, um, whereas the foul, yeah, maybe, I don't know, right? Because he didn't actually get the ball. He loses it. How do I know? I may not have the best look on who actually touched that ball last. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that one's probably a soft one. I agree with you, but I guess that was probably in my brain at the time was, um, yeah, that processing is too much, you know, and video doesn't lie. True. All right. So one of the other things that I want you to improve is your sequence of signals, the order in, in which you present and communicate the call. So here we stop the clock, right? So it's a five second violation what is the correct order of signals for a five second violation okay so stop the clock five seconds direction spot right yeah simple right one two three four and i like five seconds because it 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 allows us to present four signals in a row so the cleaner we can look and the more fluid we can look on those four signals is going to make us a little bit more believable but I just want you to be a little bit more mechanically sound and mechanically thorough because I noticed this as kind of a common theme throughout the game. On routine plays, even, um, I thought, you're, you know, you could improve your sequence. But definitely on those, on those tricky plays that are a little bit louder, that draws more attention to you, that's where we need to come even, even cleaner and, and, and more proper with the order. Yep. So, for example, if we have an out-of-bounds, you're not pointing – you're not stopping the clock and pointing to the line. You're stopping the clock and pointing the direction. Yep. And then you can indirectly point to the line by indicating the spot. Right. And if you want to add more more distinction to that play, then you could kind of stare at the spot for an extra second. If anybody was jumping up, oh, what happened? Where did it go out of bounds? Meanwhile, they look at you and you're just confidently pointing to that spot. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. So, Uh, 14 16, we don't have to look at it, but you were beckoning the subs in too low. It was almost you were at chess level. And I just, I wrote it looked a little not unprofessional, unofficial. Okay. Right? We want to make it welcoming, warm, inviting, big. Right, you okay. want to be bigger. You want to be bigger, like you're reaching for them, and you're pulling them in the game. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. 
Yeah, I know they've said, like, just be inviting, you know, getting people in. But plus, you need to hold your hand up higher visually so your partners are going to be able to see it better. Yeah. You know? If you have a chest level, it could get lost in the crowd. Yep. And when you're, when you're holding up uh, play, so say you're off ball, your partner has the ball. Uh, I've been doing like, a, you know, stop sign to my partner, like, hold up, I'm not quite ready, or I'm bringing in people. Or do you just do the up? Yeah, up stop the clock. Every time? Stop the clock, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I guess that to me signals like I'm ready to bring the ball in, go ahead, right? Because you're mirroring or wherever you're at. But this is different, you know, it's a more of a signal for your partner. Hey, I'm not quite ready. I'm still handling business. Well, I know, but this is indicative of that by just generally stopping the clock, having your hand up. This is you're yeah. you're pausing the game by doing this, right? And okay. you're letting your partner know that we're not ready. And then obviously, when I drop my hand, I'll look at you and I'll give you a nod or good to go. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. All right, you have a shot clock, a shot clock play here at ten twenty six. <laughs> so we actually got this wrong, or I got it wrong. Okay, tell me about it. So we we actually had a rim hit um, before the ball went out of bounds. Um, so we should have had a reset, and then there was no possession until it went out of bounds. So I think it was a, it should have been a reset to twenty. So yeah, right here. Okay, hits the rim, so reset to 20. There's reset right there, okay. and then it goes out. So I see the 12, um, for whatever reason, I didn't process the rim hit. Um, so I see the clock change from 12 to 20, and I'm like, oh, it shouldn't have a reset. It's just an out of bounds. So anyway, just okay. got to be on top of that. But as far as mechanically, I think how this should play out is if you're the lead, then just bring the information to the trail. This way you don't have to go from end line. Go to the table. The game is just like waiting for you and watching somebody, you know, run from the, an official run from the end line all the way to the table where I just think better teamwork. I'll just relay the message. I'll make it simple and short and 100%. Partner, I'm 100%. We're going to put 20. Ball hit the rim. Let's get a full reset. Yep. Yep. I like that. So I'm going to incorporate that for sure. All right, 10.45. You had a really good offensive ward off here. I really like your cadence there. That's a difficult area. It's kind of dead yeah. smack in the middle of three different areas. Definitely a gray area. But I, I kind of liked how you gave it that second to breathe. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's moving away from you. But... You know, it really is. I'm third on that one with angles and whatnot, but no one else had a call and I thought that one needed to be, so. And plus you were connected with this primary defender the whole time as well. So you were reffing this play from beginning to end. So just, yep. just remember once it kind of gets that deep in the paint, you did the right thing, you just waited. You didn't come with that primary whistle. You looked around, good, processed, no one has it, got it. Boop, 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 this way. So that was really well done. And I thought that was definitely a displacement there, something that we, we shouldn't have, can't miss really. Yeah, right. And we had we had a few of those, I think we had a couple of those this game too. We had a little of everything this game. <laughs> Thanks for sticking in and watching the whole thing. An overtime game with more than 60 fouls. That's uh, that's a long evening for you, I'm sure. True, but these are the games I like to break down, though, because yeah. that's where I can compile the most information. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And that's why I say it's really good to send me send me games you make mistakes in. Send me games where you have a high volume of calls. Yep. What do we got? All right, eight sixteen. I think we might have missed something here. What did you think? Uh, I gotta bring it up again. I wrote what I write down here. So I wrote down. Well, I, I think I wrote legal defender and the offense created this contact. And I thought the no call is the best choice because I don't think what did the defender do wrong as he's, you know, he's there. The ball handler is getting his rebound. Yeah, I, I know it's cleared down on the other end of the basket. Um, 
I just didn't think there was at least defensive um, illegality. I don't know. Maybe he's moving into him there. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it when something happens that far away and it's like the very beginning of the possession, uh-huh. we, we don't want to have like there be significant contact like to start a dribble, I think, that far away just in that situation. I think you can make the case the defender might have been moving forward a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a ton of contact, but I at least wrote it was something to look at. Definitely could have had a whistle here, I think. You know, um, kind of look at your positioning there. You're a little close to the play. Yeah. Which is a tough spot. Change of possession. Um, you might not be in the greatest position to to see that play as it originates. Yeah. Might not be your fault, but you were a little close to the play. So maybe if you were a little bit wider, you would have had a whistle. I'm not sure. Um, not something we're going to get totally hurt by, but something to look at. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I guess I guess it wasn't like a drive to the basket either, you know, or really far away. He didn't lose the ball. So I think that was my rationale with that call, but right. And I think I think on this rebounding foul here, we need to have a little bit clearer of signals. Um because when we're going the other way with a call, let's always point to the d- new direction before we point to the spot. Okay. Now, I know that might contradict what I said earlier, like about the out-of-bounds out play, but I guess this is, this is occurring during a foul. So when we have a foul and we're going the other way, we want to uh, point the other way because you pointed to the, to the baseline, which is the new spot. And um, I thought we were staying here. Yeah. So it's just, I just think you were a little quick with your signals here. Um, now, would you normally point the new direction or do you always point to the spot? Really? And that's one thing that, so my season last year, that was one thing I was working on. Uh, my season got cut short by six weeks because I tore my calf in the middle of a Juco game on this court right here (laughs) and uh so that's something i haven't been able to work on so the the pointing the right direction and and using the stay here mechanic were on my list yeah those are two big two big plays to kind of just eliminate confusion i think yep so like rebounding fouls right it's boop boop this way or boop boop white ball or boop boop that's a foul going down Right away, this way, the game knows we're going this way. Then right. we can indicate the spot. Then we can go report it. Yep. Um, yeah, I, so I think yeah. it's a matter of just slowing down your signals there, not being in such a rush to point to the – don't be in such a rush to point to the spot. Okay. At all times. I hear you. That's never a rush. Yeah. It's kind of an afterthought, right? Well, I definitely have plenty to work on after this video review, so – <laughs> we'll get good. there. That's good, of course, of course. Um, what, what was the other type we were talking about? The rebounding fouls and oh, the stay here. Yeah, the stay here signal is also going to eliminate some confusion and and it, I think it's a it gives a clear sense what the foul ha- was within one to two seconds. Yeah, right. Who sure. stays here? Everybody knows it's probably a non-shooting foul or a rebounding foul. Because unless we're in the bonus, we're just going to inbound it on the end line. Yep. Uh, 6.15 was an interesting one. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did we think about going uh, basket interference here? I still don't have – I I feel like with that game – Right there. Right there. That was close. I think that ball came off towards me and was off the rim, but the angle wasn't as good for me as it would be for my partner across the way. So C is going to have the best look at how far off the rim that is because it's coming toward trail. I agree. So I don't know. I thought it was out and he came into it, but. um, It's close. It's close. It's close. Definitely (laughs) close. (laughs) 
Yeah, maybe it was. Might need a monitor on that one. Yeah. But did you think about it at the time? Uh, you, or, or did that I, not hit your radar till after the IPO? Did, I don't remember if I thought it was actually out or if I just wasn't looking there. Or, so that's know. a good uh, basket interference. Sometimes we can anticipate that with the, the jumper who's coming in, the incoming jumper. So oh. in this case, you know, you have a rebound, shot goes up. You kind of got to see that explosive player who's coming in and then it, you shift your eyes up. So actually, just watching that one more time, it looked like I was staying, I was still connected out with the shooter. So I didn't even turn in until way late in that shot. So maybe I just missed it because I wasn't focused back in. So let's see. I don't know how long I was looking at that for. Yeah, I mean – your your play had kind of ended shot had had already went up so you just got i think shift your eyes a little bit quicker to rebounding coverage right all right this is another play that it's a layered play um so we got to really communicate it clear and uh, what we have here is an n1 and then an off the ball foul going the other way correct so these plays are tricky they're confusing they they put us in a spot where it's not naturally comfortable for us. Would right. you agree with that? Yep, they're complex and you have to recreate and it sometimes takes everybody uh, to be able to do it, you know, because it's happening in two different parts of the court and not everybody sees the whole thing. And so you have to give and get information from your crew. And not only do we have a rebounding foul, N1 rebounding foul going the other way, now we're shooting the bonus on the other end. Yep. So that's even another layer that we have to add. So I just wrote your, your sequence needs to be a little bit, little bit different here. Stopping the clock, point the new direction. I'm sorry, take that back. Um, stopping the clock, scoring the basket, then point in the new direction identifying the shooter so what did who did you point to right away the, the fowler or the new shooter the fowler okay so okay so then go to the fowler first but that's that's old not doing that anymore good <laughs> good because that's stopping you from communicating with everybody else where we're going and where we're heading yeah a strong point in the other direction would have communicated a lot better about what was going on and especially for like really communicating to communicating to is your crew like what are right. we going on we got a made bucket and a foul and then people are like well it's not a foul on the shot you know so it's just communication i hear you so here's what we'll do right shot goes up boom foul all right you have to stop there and process i have a foul basket just went in fouls right here boom score it basket's good you're verbalizing that basket's good we have a foul going the other way, white ball. So the two things you want to let everybody know is the basket's good, but it's white ball. And we're and here's my shooter. Okay, yep. When you score, so this is a three-point shot in this case. Uh, at the spot, do you score like the, the, the two signal lights? How do you do that? Or you do a, the goalpost three? <laughs> this is, again, this is another layer to this play because it's a three-point make. So, yes, technically, foul. You can even go here. I think there's two options here. You can go foul, um, three-pointer, score it, white ball going down, here's my shooter, or foul, score it, three, but it's white ball. You do that at the spot, too, and then when you're reporting at the table. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then at the table, it's going to be score the basket, three, fouls on white, 22, hit, one and one. Okay. Um, 36 seconds. You had another charge. Now, I just wanted to point this out. This one looked good. Your punch looks good, but it's sad. Well, don't be sad but because they've eliminated the punch. The NCAA doesn't have a punch anymore. So I know really a lot of – I know a lot of officials out there are not so happy with that because they loved punching. Yeah, what was it's, just, it's over. It's over. 
That's that's strange to me. But do you know why they did that? I do know why they did it because too many uh, officials mis mis mistook it for the score it signals, scoring the basket. Ah, that's that's a really poor reason, I think. <laughs> well, there's been a couple examples. We watched a couple plays last year where it, I mean, it basically looked like a, a punch and and no one knew if it was a, everyone thought it was a, a charge. So then it wound up waking up the other coach right. and they gave a technical foul on the coach that it was going for because he didn't understand it. So it is what it is. We just have to adapt. And I don't think, I don't think officials should be emotional about rule changes and rules in general because it's out of their control. We don't write the rule book. We just got to call it the way it's written. Well, I've been working on my offensive charge signal, you know, since we've been, we've got to do Good. it now. Yeah, behind the head. Which one are we looking at? 36. Uh, 30, charge. 36 seconds. Lefty punch. Funny when you said that, the lefty punch. I'm like, I didn't even know I had that in my repertoire. You had it in your toolbox because you've been listening to the Crown Refs podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Ooh. That was a really nice call right there. I love that. Because in transition, it's, it's, it's difficult. We got to stop, turn, present. So yeah, I thought you made that look really fluid right there. Well, thanks. Good timing on that. Did you like it? Yeah. I don't think there's anything else you can call on that one. You rewound it a bunch of times, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I've watched this game a lot. Okay. All right. Second half. Let's get to the second half. As much as I love helping you, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get better too. So like, this is, this is why this, this works, right? Yeah. Did you love this one? Let's see. 1943. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. He's going into him. Not in front. That's not a verticality play. I don't think. I don't think we need to show two shots there. It's just something you hire your partner on the way by. Hey, two shots, you know. No one needs to see it, but yeah. something you hate on your way. Fourteen twenty-five was was one to look at. We had some contact here. We had a knockdown on a dribbler. Right. Don't know if it was incidental contact or illegal. Happen in a corner. Fourteen twenty-five. I wrote foul absolutes. Um, it's an unwritten rule, but if a dribbler gets knocked down, then loses the ball, or the contact forces a potential turnover, usually we should have a whistle on it. Right. Now this contact might not be a foul. You had the best look. You were right there. You were locked in, um, but it did cause a turnover, so it raised my antennas. So right here, hold the ball up. Don't hold it on your hip. I, you made me laugh when you said, don't hold it like his old school gym teacher. That yeah. I've tried, I've tried to do better. That was one of the things I was doing, you know, and I think most of the time I've got it up, but yeah, you caught me a couple times for sure. So do you have, what do you think? Illegal contact here with the defender putting two hands on the dribbler? Uh, I, I missed it. Which this is the 14. Yeah, it's right here. 14, 25. Play, yeah. Okay. All right, so A1's inbounding, throws to A2. Yeah. I mean, did he slip or did that did that little two-handed push to the shoulder cause him to slip? Yeah, it probably could have been a foul for sure. <clears throat> just want to see if he could have been a little wider there. In order to go to the floor, typically it's going to be a foul. You know, it's not always, but that's why we get paid the big bucks to decide, right? Yeah, so as soon as the inbound ha inbounds happens here, let's line ourselves up with, with A1. So you want to take a step back and line yourself up with the ball. I know you're, you're relatively close. You're pretty much right there, but I think we could move two steps back. Okay. I might have given you a better angle. Like one, you're going to line up with him, three-point line right here. You're okay. taking two steps back. 
Okay, so answer me this question. Who's primary? This is going to be trails primary coverage area, right? I've got the post. Uh, initially, initially, right now it's trails, okay. but it's it's entering yours on the drive. But even if you back up a second, I don't know. That just seems like it's their closest matchup. I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right. So but I look at look at where the contact happened. It happened right in your wheelhouse. Sure. You know. So I guess. Oh yeah. My job, though, is going to be to pick up a secondary defender because that has to stay trails play because it's a primary defender, right? Yeah, but there's times where we have to ref multiple defenders. That's true. So, you know, you, sometimes you just have to ref two, two, two players, and that's why it's important we go wide and step back. This mm -hmm. way we can have multiple players in our peripheral. Right. I can pick up this player who's outside the lane line with my right eye, the left line has the secondary defender on the block. It's hard. Oh, yeah. But diligence. Mm -hmm. I've, I've come to realize, like, you have to know what your partner's looking at. That's to know true. What looking at. And it's kind of based on what lead's looking at. Because wherever they're at, you need to be somewhere else. It's definitely a, a higher level of game awareness when you can understand what your partners are looking at. To kind of get a feel for what they're refereeing, it really helps you determine what you should be looking at. Yeah, and this is going to come into play on a, a call later in that overtime that I want to talk about too, because I've watched that play probably two or three hundred times, and I still don't know <laughs> what the answer is on that one. So maybe we can figure it out today. All right. All right. Nine forty-nine. You got a foul in transition. A couple times I thought you reported like a um, you reported a block a couple couple too many times when I think it might have been a push or a hit remember blocks happen most of the time on the floor really all the time on the floor so if it's a play in the air where the defenders in the air let's try to come up with something besides a block okay see right there if anything it was like a swipe of the arm at the defender right it, wasn't necessarily a block. Do do you agree, or do you think that should have been a block? Yeah. Uh, no, you're probably right. I mean, it's nitpicking, and very rarely do you get called on for presenting the wrong signal. But it just opens us up, you know, to being susceptible to a conversation we don't want to have. Did I do a signal? Uh, did I do a block signal at the spot? I don't remember. No, but. no, you didn't. You just took it to the table. Even worse if you do one signal at the spot and then report something else different at the table. So that's that's like a big time no no. So well, let's look at three forty three. Like you say, just just tell a story. Just tell what happened, you know. Tell a simple story. So many times we over over uh complicate it. Yeah. That's just the excess noise in our head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this this uh conference is super competitive and we typically have someone in the the JUCO tournament every year. Slick's a really good team. Uh, so the, the players are really athletic. They're really good. Yeah. This definitely looks like it could be a D2 game. Yeah, for sure. All right. 343 start, develop, finish, decide. This whistle seemed a little premature. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Wonder if you could have maybe waited an extra second, let the drive develop. Okay, so you're not necessarily saying there shouldn't be a foul there. I should just be more patient with my whistle. Um, what, to give, what, make sure they're getting the shots out of it, or I guess. Was this a, a foul going up or before the shot? Probably, I mean, I think 
the guys he's hit on the drive, right? That defender's moving into him and bodies up. So let's see. So there's the foul. Getting another step in and 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 a shot. I don't know. That's that's per, that's as close as they get for <laughs> giving a bucket or not. Is he but, shooting? Is this a shooting foul? Yeah. Looks like shots. I think I think we could have wiped that. I think we could have went no shot there. It's close. Okay. But well, boom. we might have been double bonus anyway because we were late in this game and we're probably getting two shots anyway. I almost feel like that's either we're going to wave the shot off or we're not going to call a foul. Okay. But you had a great look here. Mm -hmm. I have no angle for, for the point of contact, really. I can't see what, how far the displacement is. So, again, this is, you were right there. Yeah, I think he, it definitely looks like he gets bumped off his path. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So he's going to the hoop, but then ends up put out the lane line, right? So yeah. I think he's bumped on that. But It's a good job, dead ball officiating there by you, closing down. I'm not a huge proponent of, like, jumping in between players when we don't have to. In mm -hmm. this case, I think that was the time to do it. You know, when a player jumps on top of another player, it's always good proactive officiating to, to anticipate a reaction by the player on the bottom. Right. And we, and we want to direct our attention to the player on the bottom initially, I think, because he's the one that would potentially retaliate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So yeah. the one who gets fouled, because the, the guy who fouls, he's done, right? Yeah, that was a really good job, dead ball officiating. Well, you did point to the player right away. Yep. <laughs> so that's just you got having to slow down. I know it's a it's a tick, but it's also you having to slow down. Sure. So yeah, pointing the direction is definitely super clear and whatnot. Yeah, I, I hear you. Now, now why are we switching to go talk to the coach here? With 48 seconds left in a one-point game. That's a good question, Paul. I don't have a good answer. <laughs> so what did he do? How did he ask? Honestly, I don't even remember what he said. Uh, this was a long time ago. so I, I Sure, sure, sure. But I just think, I think there's a certain time when we can do that. Generally speaking, I don't think this is a good switch at any point of the game unless you really have to cross half court. I don't think we should be crossing half court most of the time to provide an explanation. I mean, maybe maybe sometimes if you have to, but don't think we need to do that. Yeah. Especially if you add into the, in the context of a one-point game with, with less than a minute left. We don't want to be in the explaining business in the last two minutes of the game. It's kind of like, all right, explanations are over. We're just going to work the game now. Everybody is focused on their task. That's the way it should be. Yeah. So I'm not super open to giving explanations unless it's for game management reasons, you know, unless you had to go calm them down or um, – but, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's a well-thought-out point, Paul. All right, let's go into overtime. Let's check it out. Yeah, our first play, this is the one I wanted to talk about. Charge? Yep. Last shot. Walk off. Ooh, that was close. Exciting game. Yeah, yeah these are fun games to work. Extra innings. Yeah. All right, 251, charge. I wrote, this is a difficult play, and I think the more time we allow ourselves to decide, the more information we can gather. Do you think 23 – do you think Black 23 creates the initial illegal contact before the shot? I'm not sure I see a player control foul here. What did you have? You're probably right uh, looking at it. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I think they're – 
he did create contact right before, <clears throat> but it was so bang, bang and <clears throat> picking all that up from lead. And mm -hmm. you know, this is kind of how I was talking about, like knowing what your partner's looking at and what you're looking at um, and where, you know, just where our eyes need to be. So <clears throat> I think, I mean, the best call here is we should probably have a double whistle on this play. Right. So he, my partner sees got a really good look at that defender coming from the backside. When me from lead coming across, I'm picking up defender and at the paint. Um, I don't know. It's just a super tough play. Now these, we talk about bang, bang plays. This play happens very quickly. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure charge is ever an option if we kind of slow things down. You so, know, when these plays are high speed and they're coming at us quickly, that yep. speeds us up and we can't let it. Can you pause it right before uh, the contact? Yeah. Yeah, right there. Okay. So to me, the guy I'm picking up, so I've picked up the, the dude on the right, the guy on the inside. Um, at lead, you know, checking the circle, making sure, you know, he's the secondary defender coming over. 23 was the primary defender coming from the backside on that rebound. And so, yeah, I don't know. I see the, the guy driving to the hole and then three kind of gets blown up, didn't do anything illegal. But then we put into um, account that number 23 black, the big guy on the left, that, that, Contact, I do think, happens a fraction of a second before the contact on the on the secondary defender. So probably the better call is the foul on 23 black with the push from behind. But I didn't see that in, in, in that moment. Right. On the you know, I think just as um, just as offensive player Euro steps here and is about to meet for that for that play we don't know if it's going to be a block we don't know if it's going to be a block shot we don't know if it's going to be a charge i think he gets bumped i think he gets bumped slightly by by 23 black this is a tough play i mean anytime you have to go back and slow-mo a play it just shows the difficulty in real time well and and so i think he was going to try and like you said euro step maybe into the left on the inside and then that player 23 hitting him right. kept doing that but so that that little bit of contact, I actually can't see very well with where my angle is because I'm just a little yeah. far You're cross court. So it's a tough play. Listen, yeah. it's an imperfect science. You know, we're not gonna get we're not gonna have every answer all the time. So I'm fairly certain my assigner got a phone call on this play because that kid, it was his fifth foul. But in this game, everybody had a fifth foul. We fouled out, I don't know, six six people. Uh, three on each side or something like that. And so uh, it was his, one of his starter, his starters, you know, one of his starter point guards. And, um, you know, it was a tough play for sure. So, so just make sure that, you know, your, 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 your center there was refereeing that primary defender. That was yep. his, that was his um, responsibility. You yep. just got a shift to that 23 black a little bit earlier. Yep as you see him coming over to help, he was just at the top of the key. So you got to kind of feel him as he's entering to make a play there. That's yeah. having that feel. Having the feel for where the players might potentially move. You know, yeah, for sure. And something that uh, I like to talk about when I do my pregame is I learned this, I do medicine. I mean, I work in the medical field and I used to do fire and EMS and I did a training class that was tactical medicine, right? And so a big thing they talk about is trust and trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So we have to be trustworthy in, in knowing our game and be looking at our primary coverage areas and being really good in our, at what we need to be good at. Uh, but in turn, uh, we also have to trust that our other partners are doing their job and that they're trustworthy as well. And it's a two way street. And, you know, as a crew, if we can all do that and we all are up on the rules, we know the mechanics, um, you know, we all have to spend the time to get there so that we're all trustworthy and that we can trust each other. 
Absolutely. Well said. Well said. Um, 211, there's no reason, I, again, switch, cross, switch across half court and get, go talk to the same coach again. Yeah. You know, these are crunch time reps where we're, yeah. we're, we're out of position. We're sacrificing our positioning in, in order to give an explanation. Right. I don't think um, if we were trying to ask the coach something when he was in the middle of, like, instructing his team on a last-second shot, he'd be too open to coming and talking to us across half court. Probably right. All right, so 211. This is another layered play. Something else occurred after this? Oh, okay. Oh, wh what did you do here? You got the ball from the free throw shooter? How'd that happen? Uh, well, I think we had a – what? We had a fifth foul or something? I don't remember. Let's look at it again. Were you stopped – I think you might have stopped the game because I don't think you thought your partner was ready. All right, so you're here, you're looking over. All right, where's he going? He's going to talk to the coach. All right, I'm going to go switch now. I'll go take center because he's, you know, he's in trail. Or he's going to be in trail. Yeah. And, again, talking to the coach with your back turned to the rest of the game is not the way we want to talk to the coach, too. Okay, yeah. So I think they had to check in a fifth foul kid. Okay. There. All right. So, yep, there's the lane violation that you're talking about. Right. Did you you just passed on it? I guess I I don't know if we're just two minutes into overtime and falling asleep, which is a really bad time to be falling asleep. But that's definitely uh, a lane violation. I just yeah. feel like you were a little out of your element in this sequence here, having to change positions and then you rushed in to get the ball. Almost, you know, like you have a whistle here. You did boop 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 boop, you know, and then you're looking. You're not looking. Right. Because there's distraction going on. It looks like my partner had already given – the lead had already given the ball to the shooter, right? And the other partner's cleared down on the other end. And number four, Gray, just basically took a walk. Yep. It wasn't even like he stepped a foot out. Yeah. It's he really was um, taking a stroll. So let's see when he gives him the ball for the shots here. So – to show us so i decided to go because when i'm right no that's right that's right on the the shooter yeah but i just think we got to lock back in on the game here because you're not looking and then when you do look you're like no way he didn't really do that yes he did yeah. and just let him go back in just pop it out yeah it's that simple you know it's a terrible play by him so don't feel bad about it I don't think we did a great job here either, though, too. So it's all right. We're doing a great job now. Yep. That's right. One wrong doesn't, or two wrongs don't make it right. That's it, man. Okay. Any, uh, what else we have? Eleven. This is some maintenance stuff here. Um, one twelve. What did you do here? All right, you're just pointing. Hey, we have a sub. Got it. Cool. No problem. Oh yeah. But I don't even think you need to point. I don't even think you need to point that there's a sub. Not my job. No. Right. Like, if he's waiting there seven seconds, partner, we have a sub. Yeah. But, again, this just comes down to you, like, just slowing things down, just focusing your primer. I'm just being aware, Paul. That's all I am. I love it. I love it. That's good. And I'm trying to help you, like, I'm just trying to get the focus on on, on – improving you first yeah, for and sure. then we can like you know add everything else so just trying to break you down and build you back up uh i think that's really it one one twelve uh 14 seconds head contact yeah i looked at that play um you don't really see a whole lot okay it's tough 
couple of these work are like they're questionable on my end and yeah. it just presents a question for me to have you double check yeah for sure i when i looked at it i'm like eh, i had to watch it several times to try and pick up any contact and i don't know there might have been a little bit in there but uh i don't know if it was the situation that helped me make that call too or because so, we're tied right now and i know the, the foul's on the other end so it makes me think they're going to score a bucket right here all right so we have a foul here 14 seconds left okay so one point game at this point did you have a foul and hit to, okay hit to the head good i like that you indicated it right away so i mean it didn't look like a whole lot he didn't get raked for sure but there must have been some contact that I saw. It looked like it looked like for sure head contact based on like the the swing of the defender and the motion of the offensive player's head. Okay. Uh, so that was that was well done. Great. Um, what else do you have? Do you have any other questions um, about refereeing in general or from this game? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to do this again in a year. Great. Find the next step. <laughs> forward to it. Yeah. Definitely look forward to seeing your growth and, and definitely send me plays as you start to work again and kind of implement all this information. Okay, yeah. I'll send you a stay in here play. Okay, great. Send me a stay in here play and send me a going the other way play. For sure. I'm, uh, yeah, just excited for this season. Hopefully we, we have one. We've all been deprived of basketball for a little too long, I think, without camp season. Yeah. Four lined up this summer, not one of them went through. So it was kind of a big letdown, I think, for everybody. Well, uh, yeah, it is, but you just have to not let it be a letdown. Yeah, for sure. So we move forward. You just be excited for the future, I guess, right? That's all you can do. You just got to be in perspective mode all the time. Yep. I don't look at the fact that I've, I mean, how many games I'm not working right now. I'm, I'm appreciative of all the games I worked prior. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I really appreciated that this last season when it was super short. I got hurt right before Christmas and got back like a week before playoffs. So I missed all that good in-season uh, yeah. basketball. And, uh, you know, I appreciated the games that I'd worked in the past for sure. So, But um, thanks. Thanks again for all your support, Ian. It's, it's been a pleasure working with you and, and collaborating with you. And feel free to stay in touch. Anything else I could do for you, don't hesitate to hit me up. You're a good guy. Appreciate all that you're doing for the game and for the community, uh, for sure. So. so I'm happy to do it, and I get inspired by people like you. So thank you. Yeah, all right. Thanks a lot, Paul. Awesome. Good work, man. Talk to you soon. Stay well. See you around. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs Podcast. Serve the game.